Donovan? Please don't say that you told me so, Sheck, because I know that you tried to warn me. Donovan. Oh, Sheck, and you don't have to say that I ought to be grateful for having my one big night in the spotlight because it is a lot more than I ever dreamed of having in my whole life. Donovan. And don't say that you didn't come down here to say all those things, Sheck, because I know darn well that you did. Donovan. What? I didn't come down here to say all those things. You didn't? No. All I wanted to say was, may I have this dance? Dave's of Thunder is taped before a live studio audience. Dave, 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 Dave. Dave, 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 Dave. Dave, Dave, and Dave. Dave, Dave, and Dave. Dave, and Dave. Dave, Dave, and Dave. Dave, 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 Welcome to episode whatever of the program. Just heard a little bit of Three's Company circa what? About 1982 would be my guess there, David Feeney? It's called, that episode's called Some of That Jazz, so I would say, and that movie came out in 79, so I would say 80, maybe 80, oh. maybe 81. Janet still has the short haircut, uh, but not the perm, so that puts it season three. That's definitely still a roper. I think maybe not. You know, maybe that's a Terry. I don't uh, know. We're, we're going out a big rabbit hole. And that could be that could be after Jim Lee Harris and after Susan. That could be season four or five. I don't know. That's what uh, that's really what I'm going to say. Season five. I'm going to say season five. That's it. Seinfeld sought to uh, to get rid of very special episodes of sitcoms. But you and I mm. were reared, of course, on exactly that between uh, the Huxtables and Family Ties and uh, and, and Three's Company. We, we were we were lousy with um with episodes that tried to hit you not just in the funny bone but also in the heart right but i can't think of that many episodes of three's company that were special episodes i know that was one where janet was almost i i I can't even describe what that episode was about there's there's a dance instructor in her dance class i mean this is a woman who's 38 in the show and she thinks she's going to make it on broadway (laughs) and this guy is going to take advantage of her but all he wants to do is put the blogs to her and jack i guess sees through his ploy and confronts the guy. Is that what happens in it? I don't know. But it was that that was like one of the few special episodes they did. I mean, yeah, that show he, was legitimately hijinksy. Because right, because he recognized in this guy what he was himself, a player through and through, a coxman running his way through Santa Monica, nay, the greater Los Angeles area, circa 1982. And uh, so he didn't like what he saw. But anyhow, how what a great set that, that is behind you, your backdrop on YouTube. Like, well, I mean, on the, on the video, what a great what a great set that was. It was it really, is, really good. From well, the kitchen the to the bedrooms. It was strong. It's the Three's Company apartment uh, behind me. And you can take a look at it. Don't take Feeney's word for it. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Dave's of Thunder. Subscribe. And while you're at it, um, and if you're not one for the visual stuff, then just put us in your ears. Why don't you subscribe to the show wherever you find podcasts? including at Dave's of Thunder 
Com. See, I got the I got that out of the way early, Feeney. So it, it can just be you and me settling all hash, even if it's leftover hash. We've been we've been indulging uh, conversation between you, me, and the fellas who we'll say hello to in just a second. But we do still have some cleaning up to do here. We have a couple of songs at least. We have some voicemails. We've allowed that to get backed up on us. We'll try to take care of that. And uh, I've been kibitzing a little bit with Brendan Fitzgerald of MMA uh, um, fame. Why? Um, Well, because I really would like for him. I asked him to take it to the next level. If you missed last week's episode, go back. Kibitzing how? You guys get on the phone or something? No, no. You're going fast here. Really? 21st century. 21st century style. Um, He thanked me for playing the game. He requested, you know, hockey player prescription drug. We did that. And so in return... He said, well, he appreciated it. And that was the point. And now in return, I said, can we take it to the next level? Can we get a take the bus, Sammy, on your next MMA broadcast on ESPN? And he said, that would be the great, that would be the, uh, I forget what he called it, the big enchilada or something like that. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully um, we'll be able to get to that. Meantime, how are you, David? All I got out of that story is that you actually do text people because I've been texting you all week. And once again, it's just crickets when I talk to you, when I text you. I think that's what I think our friendship has suffered because of this, not because of the show, because you have this crutch to lean on, which is you and I talking every Tuesday night or every Wednesday, whenever you guys listen to the show. But it's like you used to text me all the time. Nonsense, nonsense. It'll be kibitz about that. I think our friendship has suffered because you've stopped texting. You've only texted me about business. You only text me about business when your feelings are hurt. It's about a hurt feelings or business. That's about it. That's so Nothing untrue. about like, what's, you, what's going on in you. your head. Nothing about like, oh, I wonder what this is happening. Like, no, no movie or everything. I mean, you used to text me all the time about nonsense. Absolutely. False. Are you too spread thin? Is that what's going on right now? That's what it is. That's what it is. Now, listen, the 20s hit everybody. The hard. wives, the children, 19, the podcast. You're you're. you're all of it. I'm underwater, friend. I'm underwater. Who do you forget? You forget Dave Feedy. No, indeed. Never. Shame the devil that you would even I say I will that. say this How one thing about your Threes Company backdrop. If you guys want to see the Threes Company backdrop, go ahead. But I, if I'm tuning in, I'm tuning in on Dave, Dave Damashek. Look how great you look today. Oh, you think you so? You look fantastic. And you look tan. Are you, t- are you, sun- are you tanning again? <laughs> Bronzer. Be honest. Are you tanning Bronzer. again? Bronzer. There's somebody who lives on the other side of the country who I admire in any number of ways. And uh, when you lived bronzer. in West Hollywood, there was like, that. Like he's the ultimate warrior, as they say. So <laughs> when you lived in West Hollywood, that place you had uh, west of La Cienega, you had a roof to your structure, right to the superstructure. And there wasn't a time when I would call Cindy back in the day when we would call each other. And I was like, where's David? She goes, you know, David, he's on the roof and you were getting the tan. You had the mirror. You had the ref- you had the Polly Walnuts <laughs> reflective thing under your chin to get some way gets catch rays. <laughs> yeah, with the with the shells over my eyes and everything. Yeah, just to make never got rain. those shells. The tiny like plastic shells <laughs> with the uh, the tiny hole in it. So I guess for what in case someone's gonna come get you. I don't know what that were. They seem to defeat the point with a hole in them. They get they let sun in anyway. I didn't get it. I did what I did. I'm not going to apologize to you. I guess I wanted to be the next Jack Tripper. He was the coxman of Santa Monica, like I say, for an entire day. Was he or was Larry Dallas the coxman? I, I think Larry did better than Jack. Well, he was, Dallas was the Sherpa and, uh, and Tripper was the student. But, of course, he wound up with the greatest situation of all. I mean, he walked in there and got a, a – I don't even – I think there was already a, a waterbed in there when he moved in. I mean, it couldn't have been a sweeter deal for the Ooh, Tripper? Tripper. I think the waterbed. Tripper, didn't have a, he didn't have a waterbed. What are you talking about? He absolutely had a waterbed. He, no? he did not have a waterbed. Tripper never had a waterbed. No, 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 no. 
I'm, I'm, right. I, I'm pretty positive about that. I just like they, that show took a shift because in the beginning of the show, they were very handsy with each other. The roommates, there was like kisses, good night and everything. A lot of hugs and a lot of like, oh, Jad, making them feel better. But later, at the, as the series went on and on and on, they kind of like stopped doing that stuff and it became more very friendly, like a marriage, I guess. Maybe that was their point. You like you're a roper man. You're not a Furley man, right? You're like well, you like roper, roper Furley. You know that you're a roper guy as well, aren't you? That's a, but I, uh, I will for the say, most part, I'm a roper guy. Go ahead. I love Furley. Don't get Furley's me wrong. Great. Yeah, Furley's excellent. And by the way, let's say quickly before we go down a rabbit hole that the audience doesn't want us to go go down. Um, but guess what? Bad news for them. They ain't in charge. We are. Still, let's say hello to uh, Jacuzzi, uh, to, uh, to uh, not Jacuzzi, of course, to Birdbath Gary, I should oh. say, and to his, his friend Lil Donovan. How are you, Gary and Donovan? Hey, guys. Great. Good to see you, guys. Dave's, hello. <laughs> you sound like that. You sound frightened. Hey, Gary and I are both wearing Czech Republic shirts. What about that? Where's your Fiendsian Union shirt, Donovan? Faint, uh, Damashek? Where are they? <laughs> I don't know. I got something better. I'm going to show you a little chest. I'm going to show you a little bit of Damashek. I guarantee it's going to be it's going to be dark brown. Look how tan he is, Don. <laughs> Donovan, he's so tan. Yeah, got my fur. Tan. I'm not tan in the. Least. Where do you tan? At, where do you tan in the house now? With the backyard by the pool, Damashek? I told where do you, you I don't need. I don't. I don't need the uh, the sun. I just put that bronzer all over where it matters, and uh, you know where it matters most. Down below, oh. you know, nice treat for uh, for someone special to find. Um, someone special to find. I hope that's only one person. <laughs> Look at him, Donovan. Uh, so Donovan, Damashek, Donovan, uh, again, I'm sure you got this. I know Gary got this because we talked about it at the production meeting. Thanks again, Damashek, for showing up. Uh, Donovan like is now, there's now a I like, Don, I like Donovan sent, Donovan sent uh, a follow-up email about his party, about that now it's mask mandatory because all the calamity that's going on with those fat cats in Washington, now there's, gotta, now there's, a, mask, there's, there's a mask rule. Very Donovan, who put you up to that? Who well, put you up to that, Donovan? I didn't want my neighbors to get upset because they're coming too, and I just didn't. We just met. I just want to make sure that they're okay with it. Have you met the neighbors? How are they? Yeah, they're they're very very nice and welcoming. So, How did that go? Did that went? Did that go to you introducing yourself to them, or them introducing themselves to you? Uh, a little bit of both. Some of them I'm watering the lawn, and uh, and they'll they'll pass. You're watering by. the lawn. Oh, hold on, they're watering the lawn, or you were? I'm watering my lawn. <laughs> you don't have a sprinkler system. Uh, it we have them, but it doesn't work. So I just I don't they mind must be, But they must lot. be. Listen, Donovan and um and Jennifer, they must be the bells of the ball in this new neighborhood. You must be twenty. I mean, how many people are homeowners in the Tony neighborhood in Long Beach that you just bought a home in, Donovan? They must look out the window. What what are these two? That they're they're adorable. They they you know you. Uh, Everybody must be septuagenarians all around you. And they're like, he plays rock and roll music and she goes in and handles uh, COVID patients. How is yeah. she doing with the COVID uh, and, and dealing with everybody? That said, though, they are not married, though. So I can see a bunch of <laughs> old people surrounding him not being happy about that. And I'm sure a couple of times they were like, you did say Filipino, right? <laughs> that could be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing good. She doesn't work in like the COVID area, so she, for the most part, she's separated, and and it works out. Uh, it works out for her. And then the only the only weird part is, I think, is I wear a backpack to work, so it kind of just looks like I'm going to school whenever I whenever I walk out the door. <laughs> oh, they have a son. Oh, look, it's, <laughs> a, it's a single mom. It's a single mom and her and her fourth grade child. Look, look at him. <laughs> what the All hell do goes. you keep in your backpack, Donovan? What's in your backpack? Snacks. 
I, I do have What's snacks. I got I got nuts and popcorn, and then I have uh, Corolla doesn't my, buy you food. Corolla doesn't have food in the cab. I know he does. I've been there. He does. Yeah, but he, they're all that's like community peanuts and and maybe an avocado. Um, so I I have my laptop, some cables uh, for like some audio cables. And... Stuffed animal in case you get scared. Podcasting for dummies book. <laughs> Donovan, if you were clean shaven, it's a it's a Shek's autobiography. Sheck lives matter. <laughs> it's a great read. It's a by the way, by the way, not an easy read though. Long. No, no yeah, long. you start in and just like just like Three's Company starts out, it's all a bunch of laughs, but then all of a sudden you find yourself. Uh, experiencing the full range of of human emotion you might last 30 pages it. just his raymond spec <laughs> <laughs> um, 30 excuse me sir 62 pages can i ask you a question because i have never done that i have never i as you know david dave damashek i own a number of properties in los angeles california mm-hmm. and i have never went and introduced myself to the neighbors ever no i ever. wouldn't do that no no Would you, did you do that in your new neighborhood damashek or no no. Although I, I do live exactly as I just described Donovan, we are at least not without exaggeration. We are at least uh, a quarter century younger than anyone in our little cul-de-sac. And they are fascinated with it because it is we we stand as some sort of like um, weird um, callback to to their lives. A quarter century like all oh, our kids. We always you know, I always try to be polite. Like, sorry, kids are riding the bike out here in the cul-de-sac or oh, we're playing. We're catching the football out here. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Reminds me uh, when, uh, you know, when Justin was uh, was still at home again and they and they all get vaguely emotional about it and everything else. Just as I kind of weirdly did. I'm with not... me. You do that with me. Every time <laughs> I talk true. about me and my daughter, you're like, I've been there. Always, always, always letting me know that you've have you've had children before. I me. was there, and I will be because, uh, of course, then I made uh, I made the sequel behind uh, your little girl. So yeah, I'm experiencing it twice over myself. So wait yeah. till you do part three, whenever that's going to be. Can't wait. It's going to be exciting. See, it I, keeps me vital. Oh, poor Beth. That's the thing. You know, keeps me alive. You know, gives me gives me uh, purpose. Um, how's Why can you call me once? Why can't you call me once? Call me I once. I don't on the like phone. talking on the. We phone. used to Do talk, talk to all to the, the time. Neighbor? I remember. I mean, as clear as a bell. I remember, and this is no jive. Cindy bringing the cordless up to the roof, and you and I talking about God knows what when you I were on know, the roof. It used to be. Nice. Well, I guess we bored Gary. Gary. I guess Gary's off. Sorry, Gary. That was no. the end of that for Gary. Not at all. Not I'm at so all. sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> let's let's check in with Gary. Gary, what's going on? Not much. Hmm. You having a dinner? What are you doing there, Gary? <laughs> you having a he, did, he wants to wrap it up. Here's, no, he, not he at all. Wants, no. I, you, you can tell Gary's still upset at us. So here's what here's the people that the, the, the fans are not getting a getting a glimpse of is that Damashek is a pro. If mm. for many reasons, but one of them is that he is pretending he's making like everything's fine, pretending that we did not get a tongue lashing by Gary mm-hmm. before the show started about I have all this stuff piled up on the computer and on my desk. We got to get to it. Damashek tried to do it artfully and he did it very artfully. You know what? Big fan. Big fan of all your work. Oh, Damashek. Beginning to the that. end, whenever that's going to be. Thank I'm always so in the front row seat. Always in the front row seat. But Gary's like, we got to get this stuff off, which is what Damashek was hinting. at. we got to get the voice. We got to get the song. Got to get all those things. So Gary's upset. That's what clearly is going on with him. What's going on with you, David Feeney? How's everything in uh, in the Feeney Mance in which you sit and beyond? 
Um, everything's fine. Uh, everything is, is, is as it always is. Uh, I live for this hour, hour and a half every week where you and I can talk because I know I'm not going to get it any other mm-hmm. time of the week. Mm-hmm. Can I, but can I ask one more question? And I'm actually being yeah. serious about it. How come yeah. you've turned that off? How come you've turned me out of your life? <laughs> How come you've done it? <laughs> so ironic time to ask the question as we're literally kibitzing right now. And it's yeah, actually we're being only recorded. Kib- we only kibitz because Gary, when Gary and Donovan sent us a link, that's when we kibitz. We don't kibitz any of that. How about like, hey, just check it in, buddy. How you doing? Wild times. Because nah, I'm over Why not? Why not? Why I'm not? over that phase of my life. I've told Too you. Sal's ass. No, I told you, I, I, I intend to have every waking moment of my life recorded going forward. And that would just be a, a distraction to kibitz on the phone. Um, but yes, all is, uh, I'll start placing phone calls to you if you'd like. If, that, if that'll make you happy, we can, we can spend, you know, 20 minutes. I heard Seinfeld talking once that he has a friend who's not in the business. Ed Nancy, they, I know this very well. This but guy, they spend yeah. an hour or two on the phone every day. Every, every day. day, yeah. You want that to do that? Me, well, as you as you know, that was me and Tim. That was me and old Tim. We would talk, unless I was working a lot of hours. That what I was called because he was always up. He and I would talk about an uh, maybe about a half hour a day, every day, rain or shine, rain or shine. I mean, it was really it. It became on the way to on the way to work, on the way home from work, maybe sometimes during the dinner break, whatever it was. We get on the phone. Why don't you get back to that already? I've encouraged it any Because he boycotted my wedding and you stood by me. You were there. I did. And then I tried to make peace too, as you know. And I kibitz with Jim behind your back. And we talk about pit basketball and Demetrius Gore and beyond. And uh, and we bellyache when Pitt loses. And and, uh, now I'd like, what what would you do if you found out that I was talking on the phone for a half an hour daily with Tim? How would that make you feel? That would be the end of the friendship, probably. That would if you be were it. doing that. If you were if you were talking to him all of the time and not talking to me, I think, be be pretty, that? I think that'd be pretty. I think that'd be pretty weird. What would you guys have to talk about other than Pittsburgh sports? That's you don't it. have a There's lot. Of, to... You don't have. There's not a lot of colors on your palette, my friend. I just happen to appreciate <laughs> the ones that are. Speaking of which, I was thinking about it because I was watching last night the '80s movie, which is just quintessentially '80s. So you had time to kill to call daddy, but okay. Michael J. Fox, I obviously had something more important to do, namely watch The Secret of My Success with the star. (laughs) Oh, no kidding. A non-action movie, non-action movie category, Michael Mm. J. Fox. There was Arnold Schwarzenegger doing the action pictures. Yeah. And it was Michael J. Fox doing everything else. He's a weird. Oh, disagree. Oh, oh, I mean, I want to talk about secrets of my success or success as they call it. But uh, no, I would say Hanks before Jay Fox, right? They don't call it Certainly. Seek. They don't call it the Seek. No, that would. I would say if you're if you're naming comic actors of the '80s, who would you put above Michael J. Fox? Probably Michael well, Keaton. I probably put. I'd put not Tom uh, Hanks. Uh, not Hanks. Tom Hanks. Certainly. He didn't break yet. Bosom Buddies he, was the only thing he did by the end of the '80s. He was he was a he was a big star of the eighties, and I mean I'm not going to no. even say volunteers Bachelor. or splash splash bachelor party man with oh, red yeah. shoe splash. Is I would what, say 84? money money pit was a big money maker. I mean, and then he did uh, um, every time we say 80, goodbye, yeah. which is one drama role in the eighties. And then he then he, how did he end up? How did he he did Joe the volcano? He did that. Uh, and how great, did he end? Up, he, ended a, he ended a decade with League of Their Own. Sorry, right? That's a that's a dynamite picture. League of Their Own is in the eighties. I want to say that's ninety or ninety-one. I want to say he ended the he ended the. You um, might be right. I guess I. I guess maybe, I maybe that's ninety. You know what? Now that I think about it, it's probably ninety-two because I think Thumb and Louise was ninety. Well, no, either Thumb way, was Michael J. Fox was a a massive star early 
in family ties, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. family ties started out as I, I contend, and you know better than I do, but I contend that all these that, and cause you do it all the time. You pitch what a half dozen or so um, sitcom ideas annually. And it feels mm. to me like from the outside looking in, it feels like the ones that sell have some high concept to them, which is in this case with family ties, it was, Hey, so it's 1983, 82, 83. When that show hits the air, we're, you know, a dozen or so years past the hippie days of, <clears throat> of the late sixties and Mr. And Mrs. Keaton are two hippies. And then they invert it all. Like, how about this? Everybody, their kids are yuppies. They're, they're the opposite of hippies They're You know, this is, that's it. And then that kind of goes away after about four episodes with all high concept shows, right? They just abandon it. It just becomes about the people in it. Yeah. For the most part, most shows just become friends that show friends. Most shows just become just people hanging out. I mean, Seinfeld didn't really have that high concept, I think, but like, yeah, name it. Married. I mean, it's just, just people hanging out, people hanging out and enjoying themselves. I mean, Family Ties was Family Ties. If you watch Family Ties, does not hold up. Have you seen an episode of that lately? It does not hold up. Disappointingly, oh, how at funny is that? all, except Hanks. for him. Tom Hanks is Uncle Ned, who shows That's up right. in two. Talk about very special episodes. Family Ties had two very special episodes with Uncle Ned. The better of the two is when he's a drunk and he he really. What was the, what was the first one? He is doing like, I think, some sort of illegal uh, trading or something, or he's like white collar criminal. Or he, or no kidding. Didn't so, he lose his job? Or that's right. He lost like his gig and like he was humiliated by that, or he got, and they find out he got fired because he was stealing. So no, he wasn't I, drunk in that one. Well, then he goes in, he gets, and then Mr. Keaton gets him a job interview at the PBS station. And he goes in, but he's drunk for it. And he shows up and he and, and, and he's a lout. And uh, and then Mr. Keaton lays into him like, you embarrassed me. And and then he put and somehow that leads to Uncle Ned pushing Alex P. Keaton. And then and like the whole the whole. No, 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 audience, no, no. The whole close, audience close. gasps when it happens. Close. He smacks him. Smack. He beats. He, he punches him to the ground. <laughs> and he's like and he's drunk. And he's like, I hit Alex. I hit Alex. And then, and then Steven says, the father says, you either get yourself cleaned up or get the hell out of my house. <laughs> and so then he calls. And then, so then Ned uh, uh, call. he's so drunk he smacks Alex, but then he sober goes to the phone and says, yeah. my name's Ed and I'm an alcoholic. And he I'm calls him 1-800 number. Uh, just real quickly. <laughs> well, so last night, this is what so weird. This is why... It? This is why you and I are good friends. Well, good, maybe, maybe it's not the word. But uh, two days ago, I decided to make a Manhattan. How do you make a Manhattan? You do it with the part, you do it with the bitters, but you do it with a nice maraschino cherry. But I add a little extra maraschino cherry liquid in there. And every time I have a maraschino cherry, I think of that drunk episode of Family Ties because he's such a drunk, he drank a jar of maraschino cherries. Now, he what he drinks is the vanilla extract. Oh, vanilla extract. That's when he knows he's really got a. That's when he knows he's really hit rock bottom there. Or no, but I want to say it's. The, I want to say it's the cherries too. The yeah. the the flow of that show, and I wonder if this is completely lost on uh, on the BTLs and monkeys listing right now. I can Gary I can sense Donovan. Gary Gary seething because we're not getting to his business. Gary and Gary or Donovan has get a hard out tonight. Not ever true. seen an episode of Family Ties. I don't believe I have. I can't You're say that. You're aware of it, either. though. That's that was yeah. the uh, what launched uh, Michael J. Fox into into the stratosphere of our greatest stars. I didn't realize. I guess that's like kind of um, a decade later. 
when Swayze and Keanu Reeves hook up for Point Break. That was the Clash of the Titans for that era. That was, I guess, this was Tom Hanks and Michael J. Fox. A lot of star power between those two on that sitcom at 8.30 p.m. on Heavy NBC. Hitters. Columbus, uh, Columbus Ohio. By the way, you're forgetting that. I uh, know. Uh, yes, yes. Something like or was Columbus, Ohio. They, I think that sounds right. I know it was some, someplace. Uh, it was either Cleveland, in, I think, or, uh, or Columbus. The greatest comedy star of the 80s was, was Eddie Murphy. I don't know why you would think that it wouldn't be Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, clearly the, oh, the comedy sure. star of the okay. 80s. All right. I wasn't thinking. Oh, clear. Michael J. Fox was in one movie that was that hit hard. That was Back to the Future, which is really what made him a star. That's the only reason why he was in that movie, because Eric Stoltz couldn't do comedy. <laughs> his i mean the secret of my success proves his star power what what that that dreck went out made it a back lot to, the, to the to the secret of my success panel donovan i'm trying to bring it back to him he's got five minutes on i don't have any he said he goes i have five minutes on secret of my success actually let's no get, i want to get to it i don't have a panel on it i i i i, I was tight five on success your friend your friend uh what's his name john pankow who you ended up doing something with right on uh mad about you and everything else this guy well, i didn't well, i didn't work on mad about you but i i believe i've, I've met him once he he might he, he and i may have crossed paths at one point but it, it wasn't he it wasn't seems noteworthy. like you would be like oh pankow he's the greatest oh what are, what are they uh, the best i think he, he's a fine actor he, i think he was good on that show he was good on mad about you i'm trying to think of other things that he's done he was always always talented i just loved that I mean, this is something that does not exist as far as I know in the 21st century or a movie that or a TV show or movie that invokes this stuff repeatedly. But the whole picture is about like and it and it runs through this guy. He meets him in the mail room and he befriends Michael J. Fox. And mm. he just keeps talking about like the the boss of the mail room hates Michael J. Fox the moment he meets him, even though the boss of the bosses sends him down. It's his nephew, and he's like, You gotta right. give this guy a job. And he immediately is like, you're a college puke. And, and he's not being ironic. Like he's, he's pissed off at Michael J. Fox for having gone to college. And he continually berates him. Get him out of my sight. Show him everything. You better sure. not screw up, Kyle, you college puke. And it's like, you know, the boss is uh, he's the he's the nephew of the boss. But nevertheless, college puke on one side and on the other side of it, constant talk about, oh, you can't talk to those people. Why is that? Because they're suits. You know, what, what do you mean? Why can't I? Th- Michael J. Fox. I'm not. I'm a human being, and so are they. I can't say hello to them. Nope, they're suits. And then Michael J. Fox falls in love with Helen Slater, who goes on to play Supergirl. But she is supposed to be the um, the the love interest. She is the love interest of the picture. Yeah. And they do this weird tight shot when Michael J. Fox first lays eyes on her, of her mouth drinking from a water fountain in the in the uh, skyscraper that they work in. And he just is obsessed with her lips. And then she pulls her head up and she has a house frau, 52 year old uh, suburban mom haircut. And, and he swoons hard and you're like, what am I missing? Oh, this isn't a joke. This is what 1987 represented as, as Foxy. It really makes your yeah, head spin. And, and, and she's very attractive in that movie. I think she's okay at that movie. I mean, I, it's she's not one of my favorites. I mean, what I didn't like about it is that you would think that would be a role that he would take like that. Like he does that. Like that's Alex P Keaton, but two years after the show wraps, right? Like it's him in, in New York city. He gets a job in the mailroom that he works his way up being ingenious. It wasn't like back to the future where he was playing against type. He was playing kind of, you know, he was a musician. He wasn't doing that well at school. 
he he shows up late a lot. He he he's making time with the pretty girl. Like that's what it was against type, and I really like that a lot. Wait it's a second, my bright lights. Okay, it, it seems kind of like straight straight ahead, isn't it? It was. I mean, it's a terrible picture. Is my point. It's a ridiculous movie, but <laughs> but but it inadvertently. That's it, when they play him out. That's when they when he was on stage. He had that. It's a terrible picture, and they play him out into. That was Dave, Dave Damishek, everybody. I'm talking about his his his, his stand up, his stand up set. <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't work out a bit on it. I didn't. I, I didn't work out a, a strong uh, chunk on this. I'm sorry. I'm Dave Damishek. You've been great. Enjoy the veal. You say something like that. I I did notice though. No, this is this is uh, Damishek's uh, trademark. Uh, you know, uh, unique style. I noticed with uh, Pankow. That he's been in a lot of movies that have prepositional phrases in them, in, in the title, TV shows and movies, Days and Nights of Molly Don, Object of My Affection, To Live and Die in L.A., Secret of My Success, and so on. I thought that was interesting. Next, the next thing I wanted to ask you about is Alex P. Keaton, The Keaton's House, The Huxtable House, The Sopranos House, The Silver Spoon's House, According to Jim's house or Larry David's house, whose home would you most want to live in? It's tough with Larry David because he's jumped around in so many houses. The house he has now is pretty strong. Uh, the Sopranos house is very good. Nothing beats the Silver Spoon's house, probably. That's number one. With a the bullet, if, if, if for no other reason, it had it had Donkey Kong and it had, uh, it had a train in the living room. Had a train. Not too much? Not too far for you? Not too far for me at all. Why? What, what, what would you pick? I mean, according to Jim, that was... That was a fine house, although if you really if you, if you actually shot in that kitchen, that kitchen was very oddly shaped. Uh, I think it's funny. That, I mean, I can't I can't think of the Sopranos. No, not the Sopranos. Did you just house. move? What when you had your house bit built? Were you thinking like I want this to look as much like Tony Soprano's house because that's basically the effect. That's uh, from no. It, what I wanted was I'm in your home. I went in there. I was like, wow, this is spot on. Like this is exactly yeah. what Carmela had in mind too. No, and I appreciate that when you told me that. Um, but I remember you and I going over the blueprints when I first got the, when I first hired the architect. And um, what it was was I wanted what I wanted it to be a firehouse. I wanted the fire pole and the, to go from the bedroom to the TV room downstairs. <laughs> and you always you're like, oh, your room is right underneath the your is right above the TV room. I wanted a fire pole. That was yeah. always my dream growing up. That and a hey. secret passage. Obviously. Look, you, you're the one grinding away day after day, week after week, year after Never year. Home. You've earned it. You, you deserved it. You, you, you deserve that fire pole. What was one thing you always wanted in your house growing up? Other than lots of I know you wanted lots of kids. Um, you know, I, Mission to, accomplished. I'll tell you, I would love to have it, the things that I would have wanted or that I did want. I would have loved the water bed when I was a kid. And now I'm glad I don't have one. No way. A, no a hot way. tub. Oh. A hot tub nah. seemed appealing when I was like nine years old. I wouldn't want one of those anymore. Um, also, we used to do as a Sunday standard. If we were not at Three River Stadium watching the Steelers play, if the black and gold was on the road, Uncle Mike would come over. Sometimes Uncle Scott and Aunt Roberta would come over. Uh, Grammy and Poppy would sometimes drive down from Aliquippa. But some combo of the family and we would, uh, the old man would, um, we'd have obviously on the tube TV, the Steelers would play, but then he would bring down one of those 10 inch TVs and set it up next to it. And we would, we, we would be living high on the hog. We'd watch. Why would you have the other, why would you have the other TV just for because the other the one game? game was on the one game was on NBC, the Steelers. And then we'd put on CBS to watch the other game and we'd get to watch two games at one time. It was so luxurious. 
It was Sunday. Why wasn't your father at the stadium? I thought he he worked for the Steelers. <clears throat> I just said when they were on the road, we would do that. Mo, oh, they Mo don't need a doctor work. on the road. No, he wasn't the Steelers doctor. First of all, and second of all, he wasn't there. Uh, you know, he wasn't there. Um, uh, you know, uh, looking at their ACLs or anything. He gave them their physicals. He gave but their preseason. All very shady. I don't know what the, what the hell was he doing there? Injecting them with God knows what. <laughs> With his angel hair pasta gold necklace around his neck, but he didn't like. I assume that he was always. I, I, I honestly assume because I know that he. I, I know he was the doctor for the Pitt Panthers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Right. I assume he went on the road. He would do this. No, he would go just for pleasure. He would go with the Pitt Panthers um, on a road trip, and I've told you before, and I'll tell you. I've told that story recently. I don't need to tell. He's it the reason now. why Marino went high in the round, right? In the, in the draft, no. right? He didn't go. He was he, high in round one. If I've told it before, too bad. I'm going to tell it to you again. He took me. I think it was 1986. It was Mike Godfrey's first year as the Pitt Panthers head coach. Uh, Ironhead Hayward had a marvelous season. Could have won the Heisman that year. So I guess that would have been 87. Either way, we went to see Purdue. Um, ironically or coincidentally, whichever one it is, I wound up going two hours south of Purdue to uh, from West Lafayette to Bloomington, Indiana, f- to matriculate uh, just a few years later. But I saw Rod Woodson, who would wind up playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers and quarterback mm. for Purdue at the time. Jeff George, who went uh, who transferred to Illinois, and of course Illinois, went that's to, right, okay. to a uh, to a, a wonky NFL career. But anyway, Jeff George, two touchdown passes three minutes, four minutes into the game. It was 14, nothing. What did we come all the way out here for pit one? I think 42 to 14 was the final score to that one. But in the late, in the, somewhere in the fourth quarter, John Kinjemi, the guy who took over for Dan Marino at pit um, is, is uh, the defense is on the field, but Kinjemi is still playing in the game, but the offense is off and I'm looking around. I'm in heaven. I'm you know, I'm standing on the sideline for a big time college football game and my team's winning and it's great. And I'm looking around for the old man. Where is he? I spot him sitting over on the bench, talking to the QB of the team in a big time game. He's over there. Right. And I walk over to hear what they're doing. My old man is literally telling Kinjemi about his latest golf round. He's like, and then, you know how on number five, a dog legs off to the left there? And I'm like, what? I, I remember as a child, I said, what the hell are you doing? You can't, you can't. He's playing a game right now. And I've since talked to John Kinjemi, who works for the Miami Dolphins now. He's a broadcaster. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, do you happen to remember this? And he said, I absolutely remember that. And I remember I had to say, doc, you know, excuse me, I got to go back into the game now. And he got up. My old man was bending his ear about uh, about his golf round. <laughs> Well, a refreshing change from Ted. Did he? How long did he keep that gig? I mean, that must have paid him a fortune. No, I don't think it was. No, I don't think it was. Uh, Hundred grand, two hundred fifty grand, well, something know. like that. I mean, that's pretty great. Plus, he's saving lives. What a life! How's he doing, by the way, your father? It's at the table. He's doing well, and uh, I hope I can go out there um, to see the Steelers play a home game, and also to see, uh, see him and uh, Old Mo at some point sooner rather than later. Can we, is it too uh, early to talk about Thanksgiving plans with you? No, yeah. What should we do? You want to you want to do it again, Socially like we did last distanced? year? Oh, no. Well, this time you're going to come up to us. Yeah, I mean, what well, we were thinking of doing. This is what it would be nice if you could do. A friend oh, of mine listen, actually listen did this. He had his breath there. A friend, a friend of mine had his fiftieth part, fiftieth birthday party. He had, and I didn't go, but he had uh, a test. <laughs> he had the rapid test. Show up twenty minutes early, get the test, and come into the house. Will you do haven't that for your learned, party? Haven't we learned that that doesn't work now? It didn't work at the Rose Garden, but it's going to work at the Feeney's house. 
Look at him. Not my house. I'm saying it should be your house, baby. Oh, up at my house. place. Up at my place. Why All not? Right. You have plenty of room. That uh, I know. Look at him work topical talking about the president. <laughs> I know. It's, it's weird that I would bring it up since no one else is really discussing what's happening. Have you talked about an unend zone? I have uh, a little bit, I guess. Just a oh, little bit. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't want Gary to yell at us again. Should we get to some business real quick? You want quick? to do some of that? That's fine. Let's get to some business. Unless there's whose more, apartment, unless whose there's apartment more, would you uh, most want? Here's your list of apartments. Hold on. Can I say, unless you want, is there more Michael J. Fox stuff? Do you have any uh, Bright Lights Big City panel? No. You want to get to? I, did I overstate his, the, his Hollywood largesse? Yes, of course. I did. He's the number one comedy star of the 80s. Are you out of your Back mind? Back to the future. Done. And that's it, huh? What else would it be? Secret of My I'd, Success, Bright Lights, Big City. I Back felt like he had some three. big run there. No, what was the, the hard other? way with James with 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 uh, Donovan's James Woods? What yeah. else? What else? What, what else would it be? I don't know. I, I, mean, right. I mean, I mean, then the life with Mikey. He did uh, uh, for, uh, for love or money. I mean, this is not a, ter- a terrific CV. His, be- I mean, the one that I will say it came out in '91. But my second favorite movie he's ever been in is Doc Hollywood. Doc Hollywood, tremendous movie. Doc Hollywood, yeah. I've, Doc I've, Hollywood I, is tremendous. But that's something? that's ninety one. Can huh? I tell you about that? I saw it in the theater. I hope so. I, I, you I, did I, really? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. No kidding. That's right. Yeah. Why? By yourself? By yourself? <laughs> By myself? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went in there <laughs> all alone to see that picture. No, Once you I, went in for reason, that kiss. Of the, you went in for that kiss at the prom from that kid's mom. It didn't work out. You went to go see Doc Hollywood by yourself. <laughs> Do you know something? One, please. One for Hollywood. Can I tell you something? Please. It's really crazy you would say that because guess what movie was playing at the after party when, as we discussed, my bad prom story where the the date that I had ended up making out with somebody else, when she was making out with somebody else, it was in a movie theater that they had rented out. And what was up on the silver screen that night? Secret of my success. How about no that? kidding? That's absolutely right. You I'll knew that going into that. this story, or you this is just you, no. you remembering this? No, for the first I, mean, time. I, I hadn't put two and two together. Here, the last apartment. night watching that movie half naked, you didn't think about that story. I'm saying I didn't think about it now. Yes, oh. I recognize the last night you did. Last night you thought about it. 19, I knew it was 1987 as soon as I saw it was on because I knew that that was the year I went to the prom. Seinfeld's apartment, Frazier Crane's apartment. Do- oh. How about Friends? You talk about the kissing stuff. That always mm. bothered me about the show Friends. I do you can put did you have you ever comported yourself like that with your friends? Like always like calling them honey and kissing them and hugging them no, all the never. time, like they casually no, do in that show all the time. No, of course, of I always course found they do on Friends. On Friends, on they friends? always do that. Yeah. I don't mean romantically. I mean, they have their romantic interlude. No, I don't think that I, I've ever done that with my friends. Certainly not my friends who are women. You don't have any women friends, though, so I don't true. think that's probably a problem for you. True, true enough. Monica women don't like and you. I don't know apartment. why women don't. Women, I don't know why women don't like you. I never understood that about you. You're really nice. You're, you can be sweet when you want to be. I don't know why women don't like care for you. I always feel like it's kind of like you're the, you know, in um, 75, 1975-ish out in some hip place in uh, in show business, Beatty and Nicholson were tearing through show business, you know, having every woman that they pleased. And then some, I feel okay. like you're Beatty, you're classic, you're, you're, you're the, you're classically appealing, tall, lean, mm. handsome devil. 
but Damashek's got an air of danger to him, and they can't say no to it. <laughs> right? Is that how you really feel? You're comparing yourself to Jack Nicholson? No, I don't know. You're, about, you're um, both kind of contemporaries. <laughs> um, uh, like finish the list, though. The friends, the friends' apartment. The three's I can't believe he, he got me into a list, Donovan. <laughs> the Jefferson's Go apartment. Ahead. Two of them. The Jefferson's uh-huh. apartment. Or no. the new girl apartment. Whose apartment would you most want to live in? Uh, the new girl apartment. Really? New, new girl apartment was great. I mean, you really can't. The Fraser the Fraser apartment is also wonderful, but it, I would say probably the new girl apartment. Really? I mean, it okay. was just such a fun place to fun place to be. Like I say, it was your home, and you called uh, Zoe and the rest of the gang your family to this day. You call her a sister. Um, right? Yeah, I mean, you I, consider Zoe a sister. Kind of, yeah. I mean, when we see each other, though, it's like you don't have to say anything. We just know exactly what we, the other one's thinking. I mean, that's what happens right. when we were together for so many years. Like Finish you and each I, other's kind of. thoughts. When when's the last time so, you talked to her on the phone for an hour? Uh it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, last it's like question. probably like the, the same frequency as you and Gary Busey. Last question I had for you related to these, as I started to to um, consider all of these things off of Michael J. Fox. This is what um, he was jotting down, Gary, when he wasn't going to the production meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that just I got busy to... filling up filling up a yellow legal pad with I, this nonsense. I, listen, you can laugh all you want. That's what I do. It, it, guess what? It sets my table, my lists, and I can't Good help but you. these are the things. Good I think for you. Here's Gary's upset. I'm telling you, if we don't get to this right, business, Gary's going to be very. The last question I have for you is: We've discussed Three's Company and its bizarre, um, the the bizarre premise of it. We've talked about Mr. Belvedere, how bizarre that show is, the conceit of that mm. show. Which sitcom, what TV show would you situation would you least want to be plugged into? They're all situation comedies or dramas. Which would you least want to be plugged into? MASH? Would you not want to be, would you not want to have to live in Korea in um in the 50s and be tending during to, a war, yeah, yeah. During a war and dealing with uh, wounded soldiers. Hogan's right. heroes, your your prison, uh, prisoner yeah. in WW2. By the Nazi scourge, held by the Nazi scourge. Gilligan's Island, stranded Mm. on an island with a guy who. That's not bad. Not so bad. Murder Gilligan. You have a genius genius professor and you have two uh, young women who want your company. Big deal. Big deal. You'd go mad with that. Next. No, I'd be fine. Star Trek, having to fly around space and be chased by terrible foes all the time and barely yeah, that's exciting though life. that's like being at sea that's fine with me. you that's wouldn't fine. you wouldn't be up for that the walking dead where you're being chased by zombies all time all the time not good i'll leave it at that who which of those would you least want to be involved in certainly the walking dead because there's zombie running around there's zombie running around trying to kill you i wouldn't want that at all second would be the nazi prison who wants to be in a nazi prison in world war ii Third would be probably, um, what was that third one you said? Is that the worst one? Gilligan's Island is the best. Gilligan's Island would be fine. I mean, I think, I mean, I wouldn't want, I wouldn't want, who cares about Star Trek? I mean, that'd be fun for me, but I wouldn't want to go on. um, You would hate. I wouldn't want to. You would hate. Oh, it'd be fine if I was in that world. If I was like, oh, I'm going to go to sea and be a sailor or be a soldier. I'm saying it's you all of a sudden, though, you're getting sent to there. You wouldn't have chosen a life in whatever the Star Trek force is called. You would uh, suddenly be David Feeney, but now you're up in space. 
with uh i think that would be far better than something like oz right oz would be pretty bad Ooh, oz that would be <laughs> oz would be awful but i think the worst thing would be it would be clearly if there was some if there was zombie running around forget about it but i mean the, the the lead there if you're doing half hour it would be um either alf alf would be pretty terrifying if there's some cat-eating alien you have to get to keep in your house for five years <laughs> but number one is 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 probably monsters monsters would i mean you're literally living with frankenstein dracula and whatever yvonne craig was. yeah but yvonne you're forgetting that you yeah right the ugly uh family member is a fox and so you would like priest yeah what about um, you what's your what's your answer I think I would I would fare poorly in all those situations, and I think maybe you're right. I think the best answer would have to be out of a sorry group. I guess it would be Gilligan's Island. I, w- I wouldn't make it in Wolves. What? Oh, come on. Give I wouldn't. Ma- no, I said I would choose. I said that would be the oh, yeah. one I would choose. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anything, anything with yeah. war for me would, would be a bad mix. I would do terribly. I would, you know, I would weep the whole time I was there. Yeah, From I think mash they- would also be mash would be tough. Not the Korea part, but back to being in war, that would be pretty bad. What about you, Gary and Donovan? Remember when Hawkeye Pierce he had the he uh, he killed the baby, and it wasn't a chicken. Yeah, that was at the, all. That it was wasn't the finale. A rooster. That was- he killed a baby. <laughs> That's Hawkeye the end of the show. He, he, Talk but, about very special. He, no, he didn't. But he didn't. No, the do mother it. smothered the baby. The mother smothered a baby, and it was it was he was in, it was in horrible psychoanalysis. That was the last two hours. It was an excellent finale. Gary Donovan vote. I like I like the goddamn like uh, psychiatrist. I like the psychiatrist who always would show up to deal with it. a wiseacre psychiatrist always showing up at the mash unit to help everybody out. Um, Gary. You can just take a pass and say I'm not. For those just tuning in, this is not 1980. For some reason, Dan Michelle, all of his references are like are like early early to mid 80s today. A lot of 80s set, right? Talking is about the up, Panthers. Talking about you? okay. How company, about this? You talking can, about you can uh, live yes. with Devito and Charlie in uh, in their uh, crummy apartment. How about that? You got to stay there the whole time. Nah, <laughs> that's fine. Nah, eating chicken parts, that's fine. Gary, go ahead. Are we on the apartment question or the situation? Yeah, I don't know anymore. He's listen, out there. I don't care. I listen, this is what happens when you miss the production starters. meeting. I try to come up with fun thought starters for you to, to, to tap into <laughs> no, I love the it. I love knowledge it. I'm, that you have about pop um, culture. And this is how easy. I get repaid. This I'm is a, what, what I do. See, see what happens when we make so he can't repeat bets on other shows? See what happens? I'm a fan of the... Uh, that's what happens. He, he, he's <laughs> up a creek without a paddle. I'm a fan of the Pacific Northwest, and I always thought that Frasier apartment looked pretty Tony. That did look good, right? It yeah. was a great apartment, even with the green, even the, with the green ratty armchair in the middle. Great apartment. Yeah. Donna, what about you? I, I, when you mentioned the new girl apartment, I remember thinking that apartment is so spacious. And uh, yeah, I thought <laughs> what I a hipster it. answer from Donovan. No surprise there. It is. A, I could write so many songs in that apartment. I, I could, and I could, I could. The belt. acoustics. Um, hey, and speaking of that, go ahead, go ahead, Donovan. Go ahead. Oh well, check. I, I just wanted to. Further, your point with the whole when when I watch Friends, just the fact of how much they just sit and cuddle with each other. That's what when I they're mean. Just, when they're just having a conversation, I notice that all the time. I'm like, who they does cuddle that? with each other? And they, you they sit around the house, and, and, and Donovan likes, uh, you know, he has a check your clothes at the door policy in his right, home. Right. Yeah. Sure. And if that made you uncomfortable, I feel better about me now. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's they weird. always are doing that. Like, if P- if my friends were always leaning on me and just always wanting to cut, I'd be like, listen, too too familiar. You are so right, and it's not just in the apartments. They do it a lot at that coffee shop too. You're you're in public for for the love. They of They lean on each other in the coffee shop. They're oh, not oh, just yeah. sitting next they're, to each other having coffee. Very close oh. on that couch. They're touching each other. There's a. It's yeah. It's weird. 
it defined I never noticed the way that. I never noticed that people who grew up on that show as teenagers or college kids or whatever, it, it, it informed the way they behaved in their relationships. True. That would be true for you, Gary, right? That was, that was your era's show. Yeah. And I would think that a lot that, that, that a lot of people thought that that's normal and that's the way you're supposed to do it, which in turn turned you into a pariah. Yeah, I there's a reason that it wasn't that. it wasn't until deep into my 20s or 30s that I was getting any attention from the from the fair sex. It was because I was not going to I was not going to subscribe to that. Yeah. It was must see TV, but it didn't happen didn't happen to me. I was crying on one of my <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> my Nissan hey, Donovan, always uh, brings it back to Nissan. Well, Donovan, he can I ask a question because we were talking about Nissan last week when mm-hmm. you you uh, you were talking about your your prom story about how the cop woke you awake from your crying. It's yeah, like, can't be here. And I yeah. believe that I, me and Damashek, but it was mostly me to challenge you to write a song called "Can't Be Here" about your experiences on that prom night. Where is that song? Oh yeah, I was a little confused. I thought someone else was going to write the song. We put it out to the listeners to write that song. I don't know what. And for and for and and to clarify, you then texted Damashek and me to say, I just wanted to make sure you don't want me <laughs> writing it, right? <laughs> You're yeah, I stink, Donovan. You're not. You're not born to lie. You know, you ain't, you you ain't got it. I do. I know what I'm talking about. I'm Ted Williams of lying. You ain't got what it takes. <laughs> you man. are very good at lying. But... Oh, which brings it back to the Three's Company episode. You don't got what it takes. He tells Janet, the the bad guy in that Three's Company episode. Oh. See, you see, it all comes together. It all look at him bring it back like together. he planned it. Just because uh, I'd like to, <laughs> yeah, Donovan. Where's the song, baby? I don't. I don't have a song. I thought. I truly thought that someone else was going to write it. If I could well, try to bail my friend Little D out a little bit here, one of the voicemails that we got is someone with a story that is similar to the original Feeney story and the subsequent Donovan story. Would you guys like to hear mm. that? I would like to hear that. Thank you. Foot on the gas pedal. He saved you, Donovan. Thank you. All right. Here we go. Hey, Dave. It's uh, Gary's favorite joke writer, Jonders here. Uh, I had a repressed memory that came soaring back to me after David Feeney told his story of war, well, about a month ago, where he was invited to a party, and then he learned how to dance, and then last second, he uh, was uninvited to the party. Um, so I'm going to tell that story, and maybe it will alleviate me of the pain. So here we go. Um, it's sixth grade, on the bus, Halloween day, and me and my friend decide we're not too old, we're going to go trick-or-treating, it's going to be a blast, it's going to be one to remember, it's going to be the last time we trick-or-treat ever. We're excited, we go on trick-or-treating. We arrive to a beautiful, uh, like the, the prettiest girl in class. We arrive to her house. She's throwing a party. Me and my friend Patrick are there like, oh, can we get some candy, you know? And But they, this, the girls decide, oh, well, Patrick's a good-looking fella. Patrick, how about you come into the party? And Jonders, how about you go screw? So then oh. I continue to trick her feet now by myself. And two houses lady, some uh, blue-haired broad, she tells me, well, you know, it'd be more fun if you had a friend to trick-or-treat with. And that's, uh, that's the end of my trick-or-treating life. That was the last time I ever went trick-or-treating. And um, I kind of blame David Feeney for uh, bringing up this repressed memory. But um, maybe it's off my chest now. Uh, big fan. Uh, I'll send more jokes in for you guys to make fun of me about soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Don't bother. Yeah, oh, no thanks Gary. on that last offer, Yonders. Oh, but like, hold oh. on. I would think, first of all, the fact that I that, that I was able to, one of the things this show does, one of the reasons why Damashek started this show years and years ago, he wanted to heal. And I think that stories like we're the ones we're saying help people heal, right? 
I'm glad he got that off his chest, but wait a minute. So he went to trick or treat and his friend Patrick was better looking than him. So these girls were like, Hey, you're cute. Come on in. You got to stay outside. When has that ever happened before? That's yeah. a wild story. I, and by the way, I could kind of hear uh, him turning pages as he was reading that. I, something tells me he did some writing. That said, um, that's, that's a pretty, uh, what house a party pretty has a velvet story. rope? Uh, who has a velvet rope at their house that they're like, yeah, you can come on in with the, the headset and everything. I, 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 you know, I don't like to play cynic here, but maybe honors went a little too far there. With, yeah, uh, you can stay. You you have to go. I mean, that these are these are some you know what's great horrible though? kids. That, these are some mean re- mean kids. That reminds me of something I've repressed or uh, uh, had forgotten for at least a decade. I don't think I've told you this story before. When I was in eighth grade, go. I think I was is an eighth. No, yeah, I was definitely in middle school. Um, I'm in middle school, and we're on the bus home, and that day. We had to sit through, you know, when there would be a musical with your classmates, you would have to sit there and watch it. Um, and it was mostly mostly the girls would sign up for the theater and for the musicals and stuff. By this point, you weren't required to do it. So there was a kid in eighth grade with me who loved doing musicals and stuff. And uh, so he was in this one. And I think it was Oliver. I think it was like an Oliver Twist, uh, you know, the musical version of Oliver Twist. Okay. And um for whatever reason in the story, um, a because where I went to height to middle school, there were no girls, um, and so they brought. No, what, in, what does that mean? The, the, you went to all boys. Went all boys middle school. It was all boys. Yeah, and so I, had, they brought, I never knew that. I never they, knew that. So so they brought in high piece of the school puzzle, girls. Of another piece of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. I know. So they brought in. So they brought in girls from high school to fill the female roles, and at one point. The one I remember, she was dressed like what you know, what you would think. The remember in Oliver, the the bar scene, like the 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 uh, barmaid kind of that kind of look. Yeah, she was great. Was, Mary, her name is Mary, and uh, the umpapa right. lady, umpapa, umpapa. Wow, yeah. good for you. Yes, yeah, has that like kind of boosted kind of bosom um, with the you know that uh, tied up. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and also the dress with no underpits, with no armpits, which make me cry. I don't know why she would wear that. Uh, Mary, Bill Sykes lady, Bill Sykes lady. Very nice. Um, and uh, still not enough made. I remember in seventh grade just being just being fascinated and asking my my uh, my teacher, Mr. Thomas, like, well, that's intentional that there's a character named Master Bates in. And he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. He, he couldn't concede. He's a seventh grade. Teacher. He can't concede that that's intentional on Charles Dickens part. Yeah, he just stumbled into that one. You know, who knows? You know, lucked himself into into that reference. Anyhow. What is he going to say? He's going to say yes to that. Put that in your head. Give me a break. It's actionable, baby. (laughs) So either way, uh, we're on the bus ride home after watching this musical, during which the one of the high school girls sat on this guy Craig's lap in the song or whatever. And so some of us were were uh, taking a run at him, like, "Oh, you must have liked that a lot," you know, as as uh, pubescent uh, boys will do. Like, yeah, tough crowd. (laughs) I don't remember exactly the jokes we were making about him, about how much he enjoyed it. I do remember saying, I do remember saying something like good move, not standing up for a few minutes or something to that effect after, after she sat on your lap, something like that. I don't remember. And then the next day we're unloading off the school bus and uh, the principal and vice principal are standing by the door and we're one by one filing into school that day. And I remember saying to somebody next to me, like, oh, somebody's in trouble. 
And uh, as I get close to them, the vice principal says to the principal, that's him right there and points at me. And I get pulled aside by this giant, super intimidating guy with white hair and a deep voice. And he said, I heard you were giving like, I received a call about what you were saying to Craig yesterday from his mother. She's very upset with you. And I was getting yelled at and I was petrified and he's demanding, what, what did you say to him? And I said, well, we were just having fun about whether or not he liked the girl sitting on his lap and everything. And he's like, that's not what you said. And I said, I no, no, was, uh, you know, we were making some jokes about that. That must've been enjoyable for him with the girl and everything. He's like, that's not what you said. And I said, I, I don't really remember. He said, you said he had a heart on. Wow. <laughs> I've never heard the phrase before. <laughs> it, was like, uh, I, it, it was, it was just horrendous. And I don't remember what penalty I got beyond that, but, but that was enough. Anyway, I have one harrowing story like that does not involve the word hard or on. Principal <laughs> yelling hard on at me. You said you had a hard on. I don't. I know. I've never told this. I think I've told this maybe to you, buddy, but I don't think. I've hey, told real this quick, we should send that to Brendan Fitzgerald and see if he'll work that into a. Uh, That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I, I, I love that. that or yeah. Janet, may I have this dance? Either may one. May I have this dance? Um, uh, uh, when he got I hit, he must have said John. He must, when he got hit, he must have said John Pank. Ow! Something like that. I don't know. Whatever your Pank Ow <laughs> panel is. We do have a um, <laughs> When I uh, – here's my quick story. He's got to call somebody a college puke. All right, go When ahead. I was in fifth grade um, – we one of the good things about going to fifth grade, you have to share the bathroom with other kids. For some reason, the fifth graders and fourth graders got to have a different bathroom in the elementary school. Great. No problem. You have to share it with the kindergarten, the first graders say it was just a cool thing. So when we got into fifth grade, we have this bathroom, their second year of the bathroom, and somebody took a dump on the bathroom floor. And it was <laughs> disgusting. It so our principal, Mrs. Burke, who now is 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 with Jesus. Uh, she stormed into the classroom and stopped our teacher, Mr. McCullough, from talking and said, all the boys with me right now to the bathroom. And she takes us into the bathroom (laughs) and we go in there and there is a dump on the floor of the bathroom. And there must have been maybe nine boys in the class. It was heavily girls. It was like nine to 13. It was something or nine to 14. It was something crazy. Only like nine boys. So we're in a semicircle around her. She's standing next to someone's dump on the floor. It's a public school in, in Rhode Island. Mrs. Burke. And she's like, I want to know who did this. I want to know who did. it was just the fifth graders. I want to know who did it. Raise your hand right now. Who did this? And I promise you, I will not expel you, but I want to know right now who did this. And no one said a word, of course. And she goes, I know it was one of you. I know it was one of you. And, <laughs> and I, being a crazy nutmaster, said, Mrs. Burke, how do you know it was one of us? You know, the fourth graders use this bathroom, too. And she got in my face and she said, David Fino, you calling me a liar? And I was like, no, no I'm, I'm not calling you a liar. <laughs> and then she took me, this is hand to God, took my arm and made me crash down in front of it to look at the dump on the floor. <laughs> I thought you were going to have to pick it up. Which would and been. I was like, oh my. And she's like, look at it. And I was like, no. I, and I was like, she's like, and I was like, are you sure? And I was like, it wasn't me. I promise you. And it was the most <laughs> terrifying thing that's ever happened to me at that point in my life. And then we all, and I was almost any. crying. I was almost in tears. I remember going back in the classroom, basically crying back into my fifth grade classroom. 
Oh my god, that's oh. a and then um then eventually one of the abuse. fifth graders, I won't say his last name, but his name was George. He came through. He came up and he said, he, said, he, <laughs> said he did it. He said he did it. He he's he said it was just so excited. He went to that girl's birthday party. He was so excited <laughs> to dance. <laughs> yeah, he he got he made the cut to the party, but I didn't. That creep. Similar oh, he did not, stories. but yeah, he was the one who did it. And then um he got one more that kid George got one more chance in school. He got suspended for a while and clearly had some personal problems. And then he came back <laughs> and he was back for about a month. And then he didn't go, he didn't show up again. All of a sudden he disappeared from the classroom again for the rest of the year. We're like, what happened to George? And we had an aide named Mrs. Kilkline. And he's like, George Moon, Mrs. Kilkline. <laughs> George Mooned this poor aide. Because of that, he got he got he got, that was that was that was his second strike. And that was it for George. Oh man, that well, of course, I've told the my my uh, my greatest uh, run in with uh, authority in first grade when I told uh, Miss uh, Miss P. I told her that she had pig legs, but that well, we can save that story for another time. But poop on the floor reminds me. Um, remember, uh, Jimmy Kimmel used to always have big football Sundays. We went for a decade or a dozen years. We would all go over there. Not me. It was always a grand time. It was always the best. Well, yeah, what, was your, what would you go over there for? You didn't know any of those people. Uh, this is my friend, know. David Feeney. I want you guys to meet him, that kind of thing. He's an all right chap. I don't know. Um, I, I, I'm certain I invited you on more than one. Maybe occasion. Sal and I would have a podcast. Maybe either way. Uh, those uh, those and football so. Sunday get-togethers um, officially ended the day somebody who was not a fifth grader, but in fact a grown-up who has yet to be identified, pooped on the floor in uh, Kimmel's bathroom, <laughs> and no one would admit to it. There's there are a couple of strong candidates, and Donovan and Gary work for one of them, and I'm not saying anything more. About was it, it you? Was it you, Damashek? I wouldn't say that those guys work for me. So uh, you can do the math, but he was only one of the candidates. That's uh, that's all I'll say about it. Oh, there were, how disgusting. There, there were two how or disgusting. three prime suspects for that. Anyway, well, now I'm nervous about you having you over at the house again, David. I don't want you to do that to my place. I wouldn't. I, why would I do that? I'm not Annie Mall. Um, <laughs> What? Where's our business? Do we we had the Yonder's business. I don't want to interrupt Damage. I'm sorry. But Gary, as you can tell, is now seething. He's blood I red. I am asking, <laughs> what else do we have? He he said he had a heart out at 6 30. That's almost coming. Fine. Go ahead, Gary. What 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 dealer's choice? What do you want us to experience before? Gotta we hit that light night? 405 traffic. <laughs> that pandemic traffic. <laughs> Gary? Every lane's the carpool lane. He's got to leave. He got a heart out at six thirty. <laughs> the hell's he doing? Let's oh, go, I the villain Good of job, this, friend. Jesus! All right, you guys mentioned. Oh, he's moving his bowels on the wow. floor. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Are you now, calling me David Fita? Are you calling me a liar? <laughs> I believe it. Weirdly, your story gave him a hard on. I don't know why. That <laughs> All right, Gary. What, For what, shame. What, yeah, I, I got the yub nub. If that's your attitude, what, what are we? What are we doing <laughs> don't here? You threaten me, God. Yeah. It's, uh. All right, you guys mentioned Brendan Fitzgerald from the UFC. Good friend of the show. Has worked in some fun stuff. He uh, he sent us a song and he he accompanied it with an email. But I'll read that after the song. So let's play the song here and then we'll uh, we'll hear from Brendan. Topical. We just talked on Henley the other day.
Somebody pooped on the floor. A prescription drug. Or does he play hockey? Shaq wants to know. Feeney says, Gary, give me Busey. Donovan sings a tune. Spent his prom night all alone. Cop, cop pulled up, said, you can't stay here. You gotta cry at home. I can see you <laughs> making out with Seth. That bastard's dead. What a winter I can tell you I'll be able to move on Only when the days of thunder have come Never mowed a lawn, Lee chatting up the quarterback. <laughs> Feeney's mom drove him crazy, then the footloose party got scratched. It's hard to understand Sheck being the skunk of love. Two wives, four kids, not bad. Find him in the index under noise, cut out the. I can see you climbing up on the bar. You rip that shamrock down. Dance of street justice, baby. Name of the game is this friendship that's endured this long. Hope that the days of thunder live on. Scramble to son of a bitch. That was tremendous. <laughs> I love the end. That was really nice. It really hit you in the heart, just like this whole episode. I guess we have. Uh, well, one, you have repeated that 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 story Why about your you on the side. That See, was Gary, a repeat, so fine. But I'll tell you what, Gary is a great conductor today. I'll tell you that he's he's really working it like a like a symphony conductor, a virtuoso up there. How so? He led me to because he let me go on with that story. He no, normally might have interrupted me, but he figured. You know, oh, it's now, up, I it's up now, now I get it. Now I get it. But that was a hell of a song. I mean, he did some audio work with your old man at the end. That was great. That well, was just great. Really, really terrific, tremendous job. Damn it, this- If you come to a production meeting, maybe you'll know what's coming, but. I do have to read Brendan's email here. It says, hey, Gary, I'm in a hotel room right now on Fight Island in Abu Dhabi listening to the recent episode, uh, and I got Damashek shout-out for the RX or hockey player. What a wonderful treat. I'd been thinking about sending another song, but upon hearing... Uh, hearing the episode, I dropped everything and put this one together. After Sheck was talking about Eagles, the Eagles recently, there was... It says Eagles correctly. There was no better tune than Boys of Summer to get a Dave's of Thunder tribute. It's not amazing, but as Feeney says, sometimes you hit a single. Keep making that noise, fella. Brendan Fitz. I, I got to be honest. Karen Astic has some bangers for sure in the history of DOT, but Brendan Fitz, is, he's got to be up there for all-time contributor to Dave's of Thunder. He's amazing, but did yeah. he just say, uh, keep bringing the noise, fella? Or fellas. Fellas. That's my mistake. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was about to go wild. Don't no. you remember? <laughs> Don't you remember? He likes my teams and everything. And despite that, he finds himself drawn to you like so many others. Good for you. you that was it. great. That was really great. And congratulations. I mean, this this probably changes everything for him. 
Bob Dylan proves it. Don't get down on yourself, Brendan. It's not like uh, voice quality is everything. It the you know the 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 power of your words is what breaks through there. Very nice. Very- I think his voice was great as well. I can't wait to hear "Take the Bus, Sammy." I cannot wait to hear "Take the Bus, Sammy." <laughs> Let's get to that now, Brendan. I also want to hear. Uh, are you calling me a liar? Something like that. Like any, any anything that from this any any anything from like that. I would love to get that. <laughs> All right, let's That's wrap true. it up then. Let's. Is there anything else, Gary? Let's let's hold that. I don't want to get mad. I don't want to get mad at me. He's gonna. He, I'm the one he's gonna call after the show, not you. <laughs> we got turns f- his phone off afterwards. We got a few more things. Um, there's still the song about Donovan's uh Donovan's new house, but I think that can wait. Uh, somebody named Dan sent in a voicemail, but I definitely think that can wait. Um, Dan the intern. intern? Dan? Dan the intern. I don't know. Um. If you guys want one more voicemail, there is one about a celebrity sighting that he credits to Days of Thunder for being the the uh, the reason that he got to see this celebrity. Dan the intern. Do it. No, no, no. We, we got to have the, him on again. He's Dan. been doing some great work. He and I have been working behind the scenes and some stuff, and uh, uh, he's been doing some stellar work. So, so Well, then excellent. You know, yeah, let's hear as from As a him. sop to him, let's, let's, let's hear his stupid voice. Uh Really? Why is Gary and Donovan just really have it in for poor Dan the intern? All right. Because he's just trying to make his way. I mean, he's trying to eclipse them. He's trying. He wants. He wants their seat. I guess it's, I it's, it's, it's a hot seat. Trying to eclipse. Okay. Okay. Game of Thrones. Hey, fellows. Dan the intern checking in here. Well, since no one else seems inclined to defend me, I guess I'll have to come speak for myself. You see, everybody is going on about how I've been mean to Donovan in the past. They don't like how I disparaged him. But what they seem to conveniently forget was that that was a part of my intern view. It was a direct command from the boss men. And when my senseis tell me sweep the leg, I don't question it. I administer the street justice as ordered. But look, mm-hmm. Loxie, you're a smart guy. I think you know that. And I think I know the real reason you keep sending me bum Zoom links every week. And that's because you're afraid of my rising star power. That's right. Mm. As my dear friend Marty from Australia stated, there is a growing faction of the fandom settling on Planet Dan. And while we're on the subject, I'd like to send the signal out to wherever you are in the vast and endless cosmos to come visit Planet Dan. We're accepting of all races, species, and even droids. So swing by our star system, and if you really like the atmosphere, consider joining the ranks of our settlers. We're a small but growing fellowship. Anyways, Lil D, I hope the Chillax intro you wanted me to create can act as sort of an olive branch and we can start bridging this divide. Oh, and one more thing. Gary, I can't believe you would lie to the Daves about how Pete's password was really discovered. Now, I'm not going to air your dirty laundry here, but I hope you'll come to your senses and tell them the truth. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Well, I think I speak for everyone here on Planet Dan when I say less NHL players, more Blaster Girl mysteries. This is Dan signing off. I don't like that shot. That's what I mean. He had to get a dig in. He had to get one in. (laughs) At best, by the way, a a Planet Dan, at best, you're the Ewok moon where uh, Donovan's family came from. (laughs) I I don't care for that shot. Um it's an interesting move where Dan is appealing to one of the four to... of us and taking shots at the other three. It's audience of one. Yeah, exactly. I think that I think I think what he's doing, he's showing Moxie. And uh but Donovan, what was he talking about a chillax intro? What the hell is that? Oh, I still put him to work. We we're in touch via emails and I sent him uh when I, where I sent him the the Zoom links and then 
he's he's making a chillax intro for me. Remember the last <laughs> chillax intro I did? It's just it's starting it's starting to get a little dated. It needs a little sprucing up. That's so why but why is he doing it? To what is chillax coming back? Oh, chillax never left. But where, where have the episodes been? I mean, honestly, I know I know he's not doing well right now, but don't make me call Mr. Trump. I can write an email to Mr. Trump right away. We're still workshopping some things. Don't worry about what we're up to. With you, you know about this, too? Of course. What do you mean? I'm tied in. I'm part of the brain trust here. If yeah. I know anything about Chillax, Dan's somewhere on an off-ramp recording something. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, you know, this is where, again, I have issues with all of you because I have issues with the two of you about Chillax, and I obviously have an issue of Just Gary because... If just if, if Gary had not gone rogue the last couple episodes, we would have been doing it just Gary this week. We'd be talking about it. We'd get the jokes right and everything. But no, Gary's got to do it by himself. Otherwise, we combat this. I can't believe the chillax is still out. You guys are still doing chillax. God, I'm a little beside myself. It. God pretty- damn it! I want to. I want to hate this Dan the intern, but I can't help it. Like you, I like his gumption. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's pretty strong. He's got long. balls. His voicemail was a little got. long, but that's, but that's beside <laughs> the point. Uh, it's pretty good, me. and you can see that he's trying for like a Planet Dan T-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. wants like he wants like his own shirt, some merch. Which, which it, by the way, which if I can say, because I know merch is coming back soon. Donovan, where's your shirts? Gary, where's your shirts? Mm-hmm. I would love a shirt. Coming up with some logos, baby. Chillax Maybe we shirts. need a whole galaxy. We need that. Yeah. Now that we've got this established, now we have to figure out the the look of the the Daves of Thunder galaxy. I will All say right, a, a Chillax logo. I mean, a Chillax shirt. I think a Just Gary shirt. That, that's something. I will say I've got an I'm not buying it design that I just sort of put on the back burner when things hit the you know the rocks. Oh, I, I like it. the sound of that. I really dig it. Okay, hell of a Maybe show. We, Maybe we could do a yeah. I'm not buying it from Brendan Fitzgerald. Yet another one to work into the next. <laughs> MMA broadcast. I love that he's doing. I love that he's making uh, making songs out there on Fight Island. I would really like the words "chillax" and, and "I'm not buying it" happen on his show. I'm not buying it. You know, uh, the critics are saying he's not going to make it through two rounds, but I'm not buying it. If he gets something <laughs> like that on the show, I think the critics just need to. Re- I need to chillax. That would be the best thing in the world. I mean, and the other one we've thrown out, Scramble 2. That's Scramble imminently two, doable. That's imminently or doable. Or Scramble 2 should yeah. be. You get a nice combo in there, Scramble 2. You know, that that, that ain't that hard. Come and on. I will say. Chillax and Scramble 2. I, I will say I sent thing. him a, a nice uh, suggestion on how to work. Take the bus Sammy in there. I think there's a way to do it. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think that's great. Great, great, great. Damn, what do you think? Have we done all right? More than enough. More than enough. Hell of a show once again. Hell of a time hanging out with you. Four. Listen, you'll go back. Gary can cut out whatever he wants about Pank Out. I don't care. But it's, it's, that's not what it's about for me. It's not about let that. The, be as we've said before. Let that be the sorbet before the main course. We edit nothing. Everybody, 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 everybody can clean their palate on that that Panko panel, and then we can get to it. <laughs> it wasn't a panel. I make observations. Don't you see? I just bring up my experiences and I share them with you. I think they're great. I think they're great. Look at you. Gary's already on the 405. Always on the 405 already. You can go straight to hell, sir. All right. (laughs) Who, me? What the hell did I do? Thanks to Dan, the intern. Thanks to Brendan Fitzgerald, of course. Thanks to Donovan. Thanks to 
Birdbath Gary, thanks to the BTLs and Monkeys, and most of all, thanks to you, David Feeney. Oh, you're welcome. Buster's time. You're welcome. I look forward already, because I'm not going to talk to you before then on the telephone or otherwise, so I'll look forward to the same time next week where we'll kibitz some more about things that you're mildly interested in, if that, and it'll be a gay time for everybody who listens. So make sure you're subscribed to the show. Um, anywhere you find podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to watch. Watch us on YouTube at Daves of Thunder. And for the whole gang, thanks so much, podcasters. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>